0: Talk power, to radio. power to the people. Power to the people. This is the People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination. Our chairman is Yanga Nkrumah. Our national director of operations is Sister Seven. And I'm your brother, National Chief of Staff, War. And today we're going to continue our session of the Mirror's Eye, which is a reflective empirical contradictions and perceptions on advanced agenda. Now, let me break down the empirical, just for those that may not know it. The empirical is basically derived from or guided by experience and exp- uh, experience and experiment. So basically what we're saying from this in dealing with advanced agenda is exposing the people to something to a deeper insight. So during this radio segment with me, Brother Ward, we will be traveling down the serpent's den to peek inside to process the process of systematic God complexities and reveal your, the values, judgments, willpower, construct immoralities, and paradoxes we face while adapting to our oppression in the hopes of exposing them and changing our course. Now, to pace, uh, I'm sorry, our course to pace out the pace of oppression. So what I mean by that is, and I say this all the time, we have to get to the point to where we're able to outpace the pace of oppression. What that basically means in a nutshell is until we are gravitating on operating at a pace in, in, within self-determination that we are moving at a rate faster than the oppressor is implementing methodologies of oppression, then we will continually be behind the curve. We will continually be, be in a position of inferiority, a position of being of, of suffering by their system. Now, mind you, as we start outpacing the pace of oppression, We will still continue to feel the repercussions of oppression, but we will be on a path of liberation. We will be on a path of undoing what we experience through racism. So our form of adaptation is to expose the contradictions for what they are, which is white supremacy and plain old savage bloodless warmongering. In our second session, we will focus today on the application of weaponization. And this is like a dear topic to me because the way I look at things, uh, which is why I refer to myself as Brother War, is always piercing inside the concept of of, of how things are weaponized and used against us as a collective. And this is not just dealing with, um, should I say, African people or, or, or melanated people of the world. This is also just basically how the elite and world powers operate and maintain a percentage of a world infrastructure within a small, you know, small hands and dominate the rest of the the rest of the world the world's population. So they operate from the concept of of studying weaponization as a science. And until we are able to recognize that for what it is, we will continue to be at the foothills and stepped on and trampled by oppression. So to start off this session, we have to address the fact that it is required to move beyond the realm of making things plain and simple. I accept the fact that this topic is not an everyday conversation, but you are listening because you have chosen to wake up and be provided with a more nutritional mental diet. As a collective, we must be willing to learn to unlearn. That is one of our biggest issues, especially as we become older, we become set in our ways. And a lot of the habits that we carry on even from a child moving upward is a habitual patterns of dysfunctionality. So these patterns of, of dysfunctionality are carried generationally. But what happens, people, and you have to understand how weaponization works, is that this sets into motion a process that will self perpetuate and continue to cause us to operate on a level of being oppressed. So our Continued discussion is the application of making everything weaponized world power states the justification for weaponizing is we must be the first and the caretakers of innovation in order to prevent less worthy or incompetent dictators or regimes from destroying the world so that is 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 how they justify that and countries that operate with a with a heavy handed capitalistic structure like the United States basically uh Create an economic system in pl- that, that that thrives off of innovation. By thriving off of innovation, it continually continuously pushes technology and advancement at a level to where they can maintain the grip of being in world power. And what you have to understand is, with certain types of, of, of economies and certain types of governments in place, then, for instance, when you operate from more of a socialistic environment in in, in, uh, in government then there is not so much of a drive for innovation unless it's sanctioned through certain individuals being, you know, prepped up and get, and, and operating still from a capitalist mentality regardless because they serve the government and they serve a a total a, a good total interest over where the country is trying to go. And so most countries, most nations reward their scientists. They reward their they reward their innovators regardless of the capital, of the uh, economic structure that's in place. And the reason being, the last thing you want is for these people to be extracted out of that, that, uh, that country and used by the enemy structure. So when you, what you have to understand, that scientists, inventors, people that are, you know, uh, real genius-type levels are, are on that path. These folks are basically wanted, period, by, by the government from the standpoint of being able to be utilized to maintain the grips. That we have and a military, in military industrial complex you have to recognize and accept and know that anything that is exposed from a commercialized commercialized perspective that the military is at least 20 years ahead of that exposure in terms of what you may think you know so all of these people that are getting hyped up over the over the latest and greatest iphones and, and that kind of technology Realize that that technology is 20 years behind what the military has already got developed for the sake of being able to maintain the grips of a, of, of world power, of being a world power. So knowing that, let's lay, let's lay the groundwork for what conditions we deal with. One of the things I like to get into is the diversion principle, which is also referred to being out on a whim. This is what Otis Redden kind of like talks about when he says sitting out on the dock of the bay. So, I want to, I wanted, I wanted to define that a little bit for us here. So, being out on a whim is an uh, acronym, whim being work paralysis, which is keeping the masses busy with no time to think, back on the form like the rest of the animals. So, that's the W there. The H is handicapped education, keeping the youth ignorant of real mathematics, real economics, real law, and real history by way of inefficient processing methods designed to teach linear. Quantitative perception. Now, let me explain what linear quantitative perception is. It is basically having a tunnel vision mentality in terms of how you process data, information, and construct. So, the problem with the way education is taught, it is taught in that fashion to keep everybody compartmentalized in terms of their their ability to be visionaries. So, therefore, we don't we're not taught to see the bigger picture and the whole picture. Even from a genius perspective, you're taught to stay within your lane, and the problem with that is obviously from those that are puppeteering the overall structure and overall happenings of what's going on, they are able to operate on the high level and the low level in terms of what's really going on, and because education is taught from this linear quantitative approach, it, it 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 is ingrained in how you think, how you operate, and how your perception. Is, is is portrayed on the worldview, which again keeps us handicapped throughout our life, not just as a youth, but throughout our life, because we apply that same mythology to everything we do as we get older and older, and the brain being a muscle like anything else, it basically performs this habitual pattern that operates on that structure, within that way. The eye within the wham is irrelevant entertainment, keeping the masses. On entertainment below a sixth grade level, this is super uh, this is a super bad situation that we in with that because what happens is when entertainment is based on a sixth grade level and don't go beyond a sixth grade level, neither does your evolution in terms of your how your mind operates so we continually throughout our adulthood still operate on a level of sixth grade understanding so This goes back to why we are handicapped when it comes to being critical thinkers, because our educational system is designed in such a way, and our our entertainment system is designed in such a way, it is continually keeping us in a certain level of insight and intellectual ability that causes us, again, to not be able to see and operate from the bigger picture. So the last part of that, the M within WEM. Is basic mind control, exercising direct influence over another mind, either deliberately or inadvertently. So being out on the whim goes into work paralysis, handicapped education, irrelevant entertainment, and mind control. That is the diversion principle. And people, again, this applies to how things are weaponized and used against us. And real quick, in the event that someone wants to uh, jump in, and uh, add a comment, you, all you have to do is press 1. If you're a listener, just press 1, and I, I'll punch you in. The next thing I want to talk about as it applies to that is programming. A lot, a lot of us are familiar with it, but let me break it down even further. A set of related measures or activities with a particular long-term aim. As it applies to computer programming, the set of instructions will perform tasks and chain. Output results based on the user's input. But now, as, it, as you weaponize programming, it's used to reshape a person's perspective and reality through unconscious or subliminal means to exert an unnatural, abnormal behavior. Often, this behavior is cloaked in signals used to trigger own and all behaviors without the person even being conscious, aware, or have knowledge of it and this is an example that we were familiar with if, if, if y'all heard of the, heard of the movie The Manchurian Candidate. That is a real live concept that is taken from the MKUltra project. So know that programming goes right in hand-in-hand in hand with the Divergent Principle because the way the educational system has it laid out for the masses is a form of programming. The way the media operates and utilizes television, radio, The Internet is a way of programming. All this stuff, people, is designed to be what it is. And it should be obvious to everybody, especially when you listen to the radio, that the songs that are being played, the commercials that are being played, the way things are being advertised are all on the basic level, a sixth grade level of education. And it's meant that way so everybody can understand it. And by everybody understanding it, everybody feeling comfortable with it, Remember, the mind, the brain operates from the standpoint of, hey, as I get good at something, then I become, I adapt to that. And as I adapt to being good or capable of intaking this, then I get used to being operating on that same level. So no longer does the mind ha- have to grow, fuss, structure, build, and, 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 and pump up like you would if you was a bodybuilder trying to get your muscles to be more advanced than they are, you know, develop your six-pack, so to speak. Well. How, can, how, how is it that we know to do this with the mind, I mean with the body, but won't do it with the mind? We stop, for the most part, developing our mind within a certain, a certain uh, educational level. And so these areas of focus that we're talking about as it applies to manipulating the masses, again, are designed to make sure everything is, is projected through a sixth-grade level or lower educational or uh, per, uh, perception, which keeps us in bondage, people keeps us in bondage, there is no way that we should stop developing what and who we are and how we operate just based on the public educational school system. And this is the problem. Too many of us rely upon those methodologies to set the course, tone, and pace in terms of how we become adults. So we rely upon that. And any bit of higher education that we get is usually geared toward what? getting a job, not toward advancing who you are and what you are and how you can liberate yourself, but simply getting a job. And so that is a flaw in the structure itself. We can't continue to operate like that. Let me break down something, another concept, analytics. The systematic computational analysis of data or statistics. Now, from a weaponized perspective, analytics include data mining, archiving. Or express, social, or express social behavior for the sake of direct targeting the population. And not enough people understand how analytics can be used, which is why people jump all over Facebook. But we're going to get into that. Artificial intelligence. Pretty much everybody's heard of artificial intelligence, but not enough of us are, are able to di- digest how this applies to being, dealing with something as a weaponized perspective. So artificial intelligence is the, the computer logic programmed to adaptive behavior via input patterns. That is what artificial intelligence is. Now, the second tier in level, as it applies to artificial intelligence, is machine learning. Machine learning is algorithms built. Uh, I'm sorry, algorithms that build a, a mathematical model based on sample data known as training data in order to make predictions and decisions without being explicitly programmed to perform the task. For a weaponized standpoint, this technology coupled with the communications rate of 5G have opened up a whole new level of CCTV, which is closed-circuit television, people. On October the 3rd, 2019, this year, NEC announced the development of a full-body recognition system. In the Wall Street Journal. How many of y'all saw that? How many of y'all peeped the fact that this was exposed to us? And a lot of people, you hear a lot of stuff on the YouTube, a lot of noise, a lot of chatter about 5G, 5G being dangerous. Most people are talking about simply the radiation aspects and outputs of 5G. But what they're missing, the bigger picture they're missing is the reason why 5G is being pushed and developed. Has to do with data streaming. Has to do with the, the the ability to expand on the bandwidth. When you expand on the bandwidth, then more data, more processing, more power can be pushed through the airwaves. This opens up a whole new level in terms of being able to monitor and control the society. So the NEC Corporation, one of the biggest companies in facial recognition marketing, plans to introduce a body recognition system that will identify people by physical characteristics such as height or by their clothing and accessories this will allow the individual to be identified uh even if their face is obscured this is nothing new the nsa you know the, the, the national um I'm sorry the nsa the national security agency has satellites capable of doing the same thing and has been for for decades so this is not a recent recent situation, but it's a recent breakthrough as it opens up the floodgates for commercial applications. So with that, real quick, let me just say what the call in number is for those of y'all that's listening over the internet. So uh I'm sorry, hold on just a second. Again, if you want to listen in, you just press one on the phone. Press one. And and those that are listening over the, over the internet, the calling number is 323-870-4191, and then you just dial that number and then press 1 to be placed in the queue if you want to jump in and add some comments or ask me a question. So the next thing here I want to get into is OS or operating systems. Now, operating system is a set of machine language instructions used by the circuit board chip to run the computations. That's in a nutshell. But the parallel to that, and the reason why I brought that brought brought that up is this is the same thing as what the DNA is. The DNA is a self-replicated material which is present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It is the carrier of genetic information, which is AKA the operating system for life forms. So what we have if we have a pattern of operation that is mimicked from a computer or should i say a a silicone standpoint which is the same thing that's happening from a carbon-based uh perspective which is what humans are operating from carbon based being carbon-based life forms we are creating a silicone-based life form that is capable of operating the same way we are so from a computer standpoint information technological standpoint the same thing is being is reoccurring so The way our brain is mapped out, the way our brain operates is the same way, the same concept that goes into a lot of computer programming. One of the newest and greatest things in terms of being commercialized now and that manufacturers are taking account of is cloud computing. When a software application and data are remotely allocated and stored on servers, that's what cloud computing is. So, on a plus side, cloud computing allows greater processing and access to more information without the need to worry about local data storage and uh, bridges, different hardware capabilities across hardware platforms. So, manufacturers can produce cheaper products and leave the core brain processing to the remote infrastructure. So, those are the positive sides. This brings also into the fold more people and establish social media group couplings. But now the weaponized aspect of cloud computing is your information is stored on a remote location and you are held captive by an overseeing server. Server is basically the computer in the brains operations that operate that are sitting somewhere in in some city in a in a computer network bank. And these servers control your access to your own virtual reality. Therefore, you are enslaved by your willingness to turn over who you are, for a taste of the mass self, the mass self. So basically, what is happening in a nutshell with that is that all of your information, everything you put into your into your your computer, your phone, so forth, is being stored on the cloud. It's not being stored on your phone anymore. Most of that data that everybody has in terms of the the memory on your phone is is used for picture taking, and because of applications like Google, or Gmail, and things, and and, and certain um, iCloud and stuff like that that you log into, it replicates all of the data that you have on your phone and it puts it in the cloud. So you have dual locations, dual information being saved. So you, draw, you you lose your phone, you're able to basically log into your iCloud or log into your Gmail, and all your information is restored, sent back to your new phone. So those are the things we like about it. But what you have to understand is that is you giving away all of your information, and allowing a remote server, a remote computer to tap into what you, what composites you make of yourself, which again, push through algorithms and push through machine learning. People, we are giving ourselves away. We are putting ourselves in a position to where the level of enslavement is just being escalated to a new form. That's what we have to understand. So your input is sent out on the cloud, again. And in the event that the signal is lost, so is your access to you. This also means that total disconnection from your social coupling. This is uploaded, this basically is uploading your bondage and replicating the same mental condition of oppression by stripping you of your local intelligence for the sake of remote information and stuff. Again, what happens is You give away your locale, meaning your personal self, your personal identity, and you seep this and you push it to the cloud. We get on social media. We get on our phones. We relay all of our information, our daily habits, everything we do. So predictive data, predictive text is a part of of artificial intelligence. You go to type something and it automatically then knows what words need to come next. These kind of things we get used to, these kind of things in terms of, of, of just day-to-day use seems to be basically helping us. It helps us do more. But the point of doing more is so that nine to five can be more productive, so that innovation can be more innovative, and so that they can get more work out of us so that we can stay on the cutting edge of developing and maintaining a, ourselves as being a world power. So you have to understand that everything is being done for, to, for, for a reason. All of these creature comforts that we operate from and we operate with and operate around know that there's, there's ulterior motives for this stuff. Although it's a good thing we feel that we have and these things help us and aid us, you know, you get to play video games on the run, you, you, you know, you're always sitting down chatting. The problem with all of this stuff, people, is that they have been weaponized. Know this, that weaponization is first and foremost in the forerunner of anything that's being commercially developed. And the point is, is now after it's being commercially developed, you are literally running and spending your hard-earned money and can't wait to create a process of enslavement through this weaponization. You are literally paying for your enslavement. And you paying, and we are paying for it in droves. Mind you, the African American is the largest consumer group within the United States, and and many would say even abroad. So the point being, we have positioned ourselves to where we have given our total dependence and operation on this machine, and we just hand it over on on, on the platter. So I'm exposing y'all to the concept. Of what it means to weaponize something so that you can understand what we are doing so that we can look at it from a different perspective and be aware of what's really going on so that's the whole point of recognizing what cloud computing is now let me go into some more statistics and talk about what cyber security talk uh, talk a little bit into cybersecurity. security and i know to most people cyber includes all forms of computing this includes what the average person uses which could be a personal computer a smartphone tablet or and then access to these devices happen uh by way of radio and wireless signal transmissions also intrusion can take place via hardware connection most notably the USB thumb thumb drives one of the most common ways of intrusion into some into someone um is you out, you are out walking about in the parking lot just say you working at, at at some um high tech firm or you're working at some corporate environment, go away from, from lunch, you come back, you go to your parking spot, as you pull in, you notice a little thumb drive laying on the ground. Hmm, curiosity then got you. This is one of the biggest ways hackers get into systems and a lot of people don't know. So you pick up that thumb drive, you think somebody lost this thumb drive, and you're itching to know what's on that thumb drive. So you put it in your pocket, you go right in the office, you sit down at your desktop, you plug it in. Boom! The moment you just plug that in, you've introduced a trojan or a worm. Something is deployed upon that network, and that and that trojan is going to find its way to the top tier level of of your of your of your your, your corporation. You have no idea what you just done, and this opens the floodgates. Now, with that, 10.5 billion malware malware attacks took place in 2018. You hear me 10.5 billion malware attacks and this don't include intrusion attempts ransomware web application attacks pissing applications or new variants or crypto, uh, crypto jacking attacks see the problem with this people is we don't understand that as we develop and rely upon this technology there's ulterior motives being developed right along with this technology and the technology itself has to constantly evolve to keep up with the intrusion techniques and those that are also learning to work through the, the cracks in the, in the code. Because, faces, as someone develops something, there's going to be a flaw. Even when you're talking about, you know, developing hardware or, or, or you know, or old school stuff. The point being, no matter what is put in production, no matter what is made, there's always a weakness. Okay? There's no way around that. Software is no different. It's buggy. This is why your phone always turns around and wants to do an update. This is why your applications within your phone always wants to do updates. It's because somebody has figured out a way to crack it or or they found out that they have a certain vulnerability, and sometimes it's to create vulnerabilities. So you have to know that that is, is, is going both ways. And as a result of that, cybersecurity is super important a lot of us just un unaware of how much attack is actually taking place and how much defense is in basically is is in place to try to continue to protect your data. We always hear about breaches that happen, especially like for instance we heard with Capital One, um, Wells Fargo, where your information gets stolen. You have to understand though that these kind of things again come at a price as we lock ourselves down with this technology the technology takes a hold of us so not only are we dealing with the aspect of it being weaponized from the standpoint of being used against us on a global level it is also weaponized from the standpoint of individuals that want to learn how to break the system and take advantage of the system and that's typically what ransomware is all about they encrypt something within your computer that locks you down and you can't even access the internet And all of a sudden in order to access the data again going back to cloud computing the data that you you so worked hard to develop you have to pay this person a certain amount of money so that they can release your computer again to be able to access the data that it that it that it comes computated and that's a cold thing but this is what goes on an average line of call of computer code is typically around one point billion one point five million billion 1.5 million lines of code so Computer code and and programming in itself is a complex construction. Now, let me go back again into certain aspects of being weaponized. Another term term that most people are not familiar with is called the sandbox. Now, the sandbox is a virtual model of a target that is used to simulate the actual operation uh, of a potential victim. By having a sandbox to play in, the user will have access to an environment mimicking the real world defenses of the target. This will allow adjustment tweaking to the program coding to eliminate the holes in defense. This is also what's used for creating viruses in the first place. So once you have the final version and it's deployed, it's deployed at a near zero miss factor. And that's because you had this sandbox operation, this virtual environment that replicated the real-world situation to begin with. This is no different, people, than how you have human guinea pigs. Mind you, we talked about the, the Project MKUltra. I didn't talk about it, but I mentioned the Project MK MKUltra MK Ultra was basically the United States experimenting on, 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 on black people and a few others for the sake of tapping into how the mind and, and the brain operates. So they had subjects. To reap the what the rewards that was reaped from projects like that go right back into what's being able to be utilized to create the virtual environments to create a sandbox. So now they have a virtual version of you that they can play with. And I know this may sound uh, sci-fi to y'all, but I definitely want people to go back, download the show, and listen. And even if you don't understand the things that are being said now, this is one of those kind of episodes where you just listen and just listen often, and it will, the more you hear and become familiar with these technical terms and these concepts, the more aware you are, and it will change the course of the kind of things that you are attracted to, because ultimately, that's where we have to go. We have to know what's really going on. Another thing, another concept or acronym is SPOG. What SPOG is is single pane of glass applications. Now, let me talk about that from a weaponized perspective, because we do this on, you know, with, with, uh, with um, uh, iOS or iPhones and, and Android all the time, but let me explain what that means because a lot of times we didn't know what that was. So that, again, is a single pane of glass application. Weaponize, this allows a series of targets to be monitored from one source. This will minimize the amount of human resources, resource provision, and time needed to administer the cyber weapon. Now, from a commercialized a- a aspect, this is when you have the ability to open up two applications at the same time and have them both appear on your screen and be able to just dibble-dabble in both of them. You have some people that are so into video games that they may be playing two games on their phone at the same time. That's how crazy it is. That is, a, again, a commercial application. But from the standpoint of it being weaponized, this is like having a closed-circuit television um, screen up with, with – with all of the the the, uh, the cameras being viewed at the same time, and then having a software deployment in place to where, when motion detect is came across one camera, it automatically causes the other cameras nearby to target in and zoom in on that location, and to also follow that motion sense target from one sector to the next sector to the next sector. So each camera zooms in on that person and monitors them, and and goes and, and basically follows them throughout that trail. So that's the aspect of it being weaponized. And, again, a lot of us are not looking at the concept of weaponizing information, weaponizing data, weaponizing lifestyles, and this is what's going on, and this is what you have to be exposed to. This is the whole point of going into that snake's den. This is the whole point of piercing down into the aspects of what is really behind the curtain of oppression. Because too often we're looking at things from the, the uh, simplistic viewpoint of just white versus black instead of understanding the concept and the power play of world domination because the masses of people are cattle, period, point blank. We are cattle. There is a process of making cattle cattle, and it is called domestication. This is what we're faced with. Let me talk about another concept, zero-touch deployments. This is a process of touchless deployment of a weapon on a a projected target. The deployment software would embed itself from separately sub-assemblies at a target at which – I'm sorry, at the target which at this point prevents a single point of source back identification. And basically what that means when you say a single point of source back identification is, again, talking about that thumb drive someone stuck in and put that Trojaner. Well, what this is is you have certain lines of code being distributed, you know, at various uh, break-ins or various cracks in the system at different points. But once the entire routine is uploaded, then they all come together and become one application, and then it sparks and runs. So then once the sub are complete, the target deployment would take place, initiate the condition, and destroy the target. This can take place via network to network as well as coupled with multiple stages of hardware. For example, and we've heard of this happening, you know, in some sci-fi movies, but know that this is real. Airborne nanobots, zone drops, or old school hand placement, which is what I was talking about when I talked about just plugging in that USB. The applications are endless. And this is a, an, an ever expanding field of weapon signs unknown to the general public. Much of it is very experimental and selectively applied across a small sector or of, of group. But the point of exposing is to let the public know so the cat is out the bag. So, again, it is called zero touch deployment. And a lot of us are just never even heard of that concept before. So my point is to expose you to what's really going on from a more of an informational, technological level because not too many of us are keen on that science and not too many of us are aware of this. This is not stuff that you can just tap on Facebook and maybe go to a channel and hear a one-on-one conversation about. A lot of y'all heard people talk about the dangers of 5G, but they didn't discuss the applications of 5G as it applies to it being weaponized. So this is why you're tuning in to the People's Black Panther Party for self-empowerment radio so that you can hear the real deal. Again, our national chairman is Jenga Nkrumah. And I, um, I'm i sorry. And our director of operations is Sister Khadija, and I'm Brother War. So I want to make you all aware of these things and what's really going on, Okay. So dealing with zero-touch deployments, there's another aspect that we have to be aware of, which kind of classifies the masses, and that is called cattle ranging. Again, when I talked about in in, in the past, in uh, episode session one, when we talked about the victimization of people, of us, we also have to talk about how cattle ranging comes into effect. So let me define that. Cattle ranging is domesticated resources that tend to not travel outside the range of the breadcrumbs. As this applies to the victim, its home and recognition of the oppressed condition, no matter how harsh, tends to be led to a habitual practice of acceptance. Therefore, anything foreign to the conditioned way of life is feared. This includes breaking away from the terrible atrocities of channeled slavery and oppression. One of the byproducts of being domesticated is the cattle ranging mentality. This is a subconscious behavioral trait inherent in being conditioned to servitude. In a nutshell, cattle ranging defines why when you are domesticated and operating on, again, a sixth grade level education as it applies to making sure they were not able to critical think as adults. Now, it's okay for a sixth grader a uh, sixth grader to be a sixth grader, all right? But what you have to be aware of, people, is that we're talking about adults operating on a sixth grade education, educational level because we're taught to operate linear in terms of our thinking. In a non-linear world, we're operating linear. We have tunnel vision, people. And that is usually a result of cattle ranging. That's all it is. But if you're not aware of your condition, you can't harness a defense system against that condition. So this goes into what we refer to now as self-centered containment. But before I say that, I just want to say, if anybody wants to jump in, feel free. Just press 1 on your phone line. We'll cue you in and bring you in. So let me go into self-centered containment. Taking on the burden of being the ultimate holder of suffrage, anguish, condemnation, influence, knowledge, power, true purpose, or rightful heirs to a condition. And this is basically the hierarchy of being a a, a victim in in, in the form of being a, a victim. This implies that all that is is done through a linear existence revolving around me, that I am, I am the I am. And regardless of age, regardless of, excuse me, regardless of our age, what happens with this is, again, we are force-fed and adapted to a certain level of thinking that causes us to be confined within our knowledge and within our operation. Okay, so that containment is a channeled course and recourse of being able to control the masses. So, position of despair also play a role in formal mental conditions of selfishness. The fact is, containment comes to us naturally as a defense, so we can collect ourselves and then be able to step out and face the world. But this form I'm sorry, but this forms into a habitual pattern of isolation that not only um, from a physical separation, but we socially detach and therefore um, at times uh, left to rationalize and justify our oppression with self-blame. That blame can and will take on a position of pride, which which if not checked, will embody your wholeness and have you thinking you are the whole. And the problem with that people and how this applies to being weaponized and who we are is going back to the cattle range mentality. We we own that victimization. We own being in a condition of being oppressed. And we look to that in terms of greatness. Now, nothing's wrong with enduring and and accepting the fact that, hey, I was able to survive that. Because dealing with us as a people, understanding PTSD, dealing with everything we've dealt with generationally, we should be proud. That we have endured, but you don't take on a level of pride to where you want to be the owner of that victim, of that victimization mentality, to where you look to embrace it to the point that this is what you beat your chest about, making sure that you're the greatest and best victim, because what happens is we live our life that way, and this forms that whole ghetto mentality that we we continue to operate from, and this is what we're up against. And a lot of our challenge and our fight is subliminal. So as we take on and we fight this, it becomes a monster that is developed and that is, that is operating without us even having to add any, any – without the enemy even having to add anything else to it. That recipe has already started. It's perpetually in motion. So we become, not only have we become dysfunctional from that standpoint, but now we love that dysfunction. Now we, we have catered to that dysfunction. We have adapted, evolved, and, and mesmerized with that dysfunction. And this, people, is what we must fight against. We must fight against, fight against the behavioral mentality that has caused us to operate with an inferiority complex. With inferiority way of looking at the world. You do this though by first having exposure to what's really going on, exposure to how things are weaponized and how truly they look at you and see yourself, see you as cattle. This is just the essence of what white supremacy is. And a lot of and a lot of times, people we, we want to make it super simple and 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 just digestible from that standpoint but you have to realize that when something is weaponized let's just take this back to a, a nutritional aspect or, or or substance when something is weaponized it only takes a small drop to do the damage so you can have a giant big old plate of vegetables thinking that you eating, you eating healthy and you doing good you hey I I'm I'm not eating meat no more so to speak I'm a vegetarian I'm this way I'm that way But that one drop of poison is all it takes to corrupt that entire meal because I have weaponized something. That's the point of it. So even though you think you're doing the latest and greatest thing, it can still be used used to harness a weapon against you. And that weapon, again, is concentrated, which is why I refer back to nanobots and nanotechnology. I suggest everyone that is listening, do your homework. And if not, if nothing else, at least read up on the introduction to what it, what what nanotechnology is. It's a must, people. We have to see what's really going on behind the curtain. And mind you, it's a lot of us that's participating in this and in this. So don't think that this is not about the white man and his technology and his applic in his and his mind, his great mind. Because it is all races, all ethnic types that are coming to the table to develop the higher levels of technology but again it is only a select group that are involved in the weaponization of that technology because anything can be turned into a weapon we can go back to the fact that when mankind so to speak and, 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 and I'm just theorizing from this standpoint realize that a tree trunk can be snapped and used to form a club all of a sudden that tree has became a weapon now that i can harness this club i have the advantage on the next human that tries to confront me with a fist well i got a club bam i just weaponized a tree all you knew to do with a tree is eat its eat eat, eat eat the uh, leaves off the tree so to you that was just simply food but to me it became a weapon so that gave me a whole new level of operating, a whole new level of the game. I just introduced your food supply across your head in the form of a tree trunk. Boom. That I didn't change the game. And this is what we have to realize is happening to us from a mental position, a mental standpoint. Because we understand Slavery as it applies to the physical physical bondage. We understand oppression as it applies to police brutality, but how many of us are recognizing how weaponization applies to all areas of life? When you're dealing with warmongers, when you're dealing with world power structure of the elite, of the minute class, everything is a weapon. So, therefore, you either predator or you prey, period. There is no in between. And we keep operating from this standpoint of thinking that it is all cut and dry, black and white. And people, the majority of the world's operation is gray, which is chaos. And the whole point is to keep you in that pattern of chaos so that you cannot identify the black and the white. So even within that statement, most of what we see is gray confusion. And that is the realm within the with ma- within what the masses operate from. we have to do better than that so going into this from a capitalistic mindset, we talk about an economic weaponized disease, so to create an an economic benefit from the production of a destructive force that is designed and applied to the target population to reach full maximum maximization. The weaponized system must immobilize the target in a manner that prevents the successful mount of a defense posture and at the same time allow the disease to replicate at the life enduring rate or stay hidden as to prevent the target from developing the will or force capable of deploying a solution. This, in essence, on a biological level, would be tricking the white blood cells. To not identify foreign substance into the replication process has taken a hold and generated enough copies to launch a full assault on the host. Examples of that would be Ebola, which is which is why it is is able to go rampant the way it is, and the old 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 fashioned AIDS. But now again, those are giving you physical examples. But understand that this is economic that I'm talking about. How do you create an economic weaponized disease? So the economic weaponized disease operates, and this is the key here, operates to where it replicates at a life-enduring rate. What does it mean to replicate a life-enduring rate? This means, going back to that that poison concept that I I laid out before, this basically means that what you've done is you created or you You've given them just enough poison to sustain them over a period of time, but what you have done, because you've constantly given them a taste of poison, a little bit of poison, over a certain period of time, you cause their entire body to start breaking down prematurely, which affects your ability to be a creative or or um, an innovative thinker. It affects your ability to critically think in terms of how to operate, how to see vision, how to be able to project, move forward, so on and so forth. It starts to break down your internal organs and cause you to have things like diabetes, have things like uh, arthritis, you know, and start having all these other ailments that we deal with. So then we have to take medication. So that medication is what? Is the economic weaponized tool used against you. Instead of curing you, I'm going to basically give you something that helps you sustain that that certain disease, and so I've, I've now created an economic process of weaponizing against you. so not only am I destroying you, and not only am I killing you, but I have created an economic process in which you're going to pay me every month to poison you. you're going to pay me every month to deploy my poison against you. Now, that's a cold game. Think about it. I am going to get rich off of the fact that you are sick, and you are going to continue to pay me to sustain that level of sickness that you got so you can live another day. It is cold, people, and this is what is happening on a mental level, psychological level, not just physical We have to realize that a weaponization attack is holistic in its nature. And for us to come out of the conditions that we're faced with as a people, we have to think holistically in terms of our approach in being able to mount a way to deal with the enemy, a way to deal with these applications, a way to deal with weaponization. And one way to do that is dealing with what's referred to as image therapy. Now, this is the need to saturate the projected reality with an alternate imagery in order to overtake war perception and redefine the reality to cleanse exploitation and normality of self perpetuating sickness. I said a whole lot there, so I just want y'all to rewind it and listen to that again. Image therapy, the concept. Or, a concept to think about in which therapy would be how a child will continually be exposed to Santa Claus or you know or, or, or fairy tales on that level. And, and to undo that, you have to get them a dose of what reality really is, but you have to do it at a, at a rate that can overtake that perception that has bled into all areas of their life. because not only is it this jolly fat white guy wearing red and white. But the essence of the color scheme of red and white, what did it mean? See, there's a subliminal message and subliminal meaning behind the color scheme of what's being used. Also, that white man had a white beard. Also, that white man was fat and jolly. See, we don't see the overall image of what's going on. And so all of these imageries came together for a reason. It's a reason why Santa Claus was named Santa Claus. It's the reason why it was a white man. It's the reason why he had a beard. It's the reason why he wore red and white. It's the reason why there was a a reindeer called Rudolph who had a red nose. We don't get it, people. We don't see how this is a holistic system put in place to enslave us. And so our applications for coming up out of slavery have to be holistic as well. So our think tanks that we come together with. And This is a call to action. This is the People's Black Panther Party radio for self-determination. This is a call to action. We have to form think tanks. We have to be more involved in the pace of innovation, more involved into the process of what's taking place and have our think tanks in place to dissect these areas to determine what types of dysfunctionalities have been deployed against our people. So In dealing with that, in closing, we have to start taking note of the world built around us versus the world built for you. You must recondition yourself to develop an appetite for change. Let me say that last part again. We have to recondition ourselves to develop an appetite for change. So our next journey and our next discussion will go into the aspect of developing an appetite for change because a not enough of us and not, uh, we don't have, we have not developed naturally dealing with a world of, of oppression the way it has been bombarded upon us to have the right appetite for change. And so the whole nature of this conversation, the whole nature of where we're going by going down this, this, um, Snakes then is to create again the proper diet, mental diet that we must have. So between the chairman, again, Yang and Kruma, a national director of operations, Sister Seven Khadijah, and myself, Brother War, these radio programs that we are administering to the people are about giving you what you need so that you can operate on a higher level and and know what it means to live as a self-determined people. The point is to give you greater insight into what you are, greater insight into what it means to be in control of self. Until people, until we recognize and know and have the mentality of self-determination, everything else is just for nothing. Everything else is for nothing. White supremacy is the, the root of the world power structure, and the way we must operate has to be self-determination. That is how we must come together. And that don't necessarily mean you have to be a separatist, so to speak, without even getting into the semantics and the politics behind that. Your mentality, your way of thinking must be Self-determined. So we're talking about starting at least from the standpoint of yourself and your household first and foremost. Before we even go start trying to debate and go back and forth about land, land, uh, land allocations and so forth. As a individual black melanated within this country, within the dire African diaspora, we must be self-determined in our collective thought and our, and in our personal thought. Period. Point blank. Because the way we are operating now, the way they have us working now is self-perpetuating destruction, period. Because we are being operated from a cattle mentality. And a lot of this is because of our, again, not knowing what it means to weaponize the world against you. So in closing, people, the point is... I'm exposing you to the contradictions, perceptions on advanced agendas by letting you know that everything laid before you, that you just thought was there because it looked cool. You thought that paisley pattern on the ground was there because it looked cool. You thought that, you thought that spiral on, on that shirt that you sport every day was cool because you liked the way it looked. There is a hidden hand, a hidden agenda behind it. It is being weaponized. It's about recognition. All power to the people. Black empowerment. Let's move forward. This is the People's Black Panther Party Radio for self-determination.